1: Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, the Cats knock off the Hawks in an overtime thriller. Did the Chiefs surpass our expectations this year? And could Kadarius Toney see an increased role in the postseason? Special guests include Nate Taylor at 1030, Josh Klingler at 1230. Now the only two guys in the area who actually don't believe in Jerome Tang. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Why do you got to start the show? that? That's absolutely not true. We're going to talk about Jerome Tang. It's not what you said before That's the show. Lies. I specifically heard you say you hate Jerome Tang. Lies. Yeah, I heard that too. Absolute lies. It's funny, like, the, the some of the things that you guys say to me off air and then hearing you guys come on air and then <laughs> sort of pull the reins back a little bit. It's like you got to get them off your chest.
2: I've decided a very heated conversation we're having right before the show will be today's random question of the day. So you can look forward to that later. We're having a very heated conversation about, you know what, to be honest, the future of this show. Okay.
3: Wow.
4: It's a two-on-one operation. Yeah. Cody's on one side. Nick and I are definitely not on board. And without even knowing, you know what, go ahead and
1: hit us up on the text line right now. 913-586-7610. Without even knowing what the conversation is, pick a side. You're either siding with Cody or you're siding with Goldeneye.
2: Mm-hmm. Choose I your think fighter. you should choose me. This is about big things for the future of this show and how we could make this show
1: even better. Okay. Maybe the best it's ever been. Cody, see, here's what Cody is like a dog chasing a car. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he would do if he actually caught it. He just knows that there's something loud and fast driving by and he wants to get close to it and find out what it is.
2: I was worried you were going to describe me as the monorail guy from The Simpsons instead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just pitching
2: false hope mm-hmm. for something that will inevitably fall apart, but I'll take it. I'll take dog chasing a, a car. I'll
1: give you that. You're a big dreamer, but I don't think you always consider logistics and.
2: Well, I consider them. I understand the difficulties. That you come just with them. dismiss them. I would just still like to push forward even though there are problems. Okay.
4: All right. So we'll find out what that's all about coming up during the. Random question of the day. Reminder, on Friday, we're going to be out at Rally House in Overland Park. Minjay Melendez, Michael Massey, get to co-host the 1 o'clock hour with us. And we'll give you a chance today twice throughout the show to win a playoff pack, courtesy of our friends over at Rally House. So that's your first heads up. Be listening coming up in the 11 o'clock hour for your first chance to win one of those playoff packs from Rally House. But we we had said something in the offseason over and over about this Chiefs team to win a Super Bowl, right? We had said, you know what? And we've said it for a couple of years, I feel like. If they only had this. If they if they all were asking for is this. What was this? It was a league average defense. That was that was what we said. If they only had. Correct. Not worried about the offense, but if they only had a league average defense. Well, guess what they have, Cody?
2: A league average. A league average defense. Almost, in a weird way, perfectly league average, right? Like EPA per play, points per game, whatever. They all fall almost firmly in the middle. Hi, we're like 15th here. We're not good or bad. We just exist in a realm that puts us at perfectly average. And the way I was viewing it, and I think maybe we all should, is if they can't win it this year, then we should probably be changing our perception on whether a league average defense is good enough to win a Super Bowl. They are the number one offense in all of football. All we ever asked for in all those other years was league average defensive play. That's what they are all season. Pretty consistently been that. The only category in which they're above league average is sacks, a decidedly good place to be above league average. So to me, it's like if this defense isn't good enough to get it done, then we can't keep saying a league average defense is good enough to get it done. We will have to ask more of the Chiefs going forward if they're unable to get the Super Bowl this year. Or if it's the reason it holds them back from getting right. the Super yeah, Bowl this Yeah, because,
4: of course, we can all come up with a, a scenario. Let's say they have the turnover issues that we've discussed. You know, if you're asked what are the, the big concerns heading into this postseason, turnovers are still a, a concern very high on the list, if not at the very top of the list, other than special teams. So if they add a game, Cody, where offensively they fumbled the ball three times again like they did against the Jags or three turnovers, period – and lost. I don't think that would mean, oh, well, then the idea of just have a league average defense doesn't fit anymore, right? I mean, there's there's scenarios where it won't be the the fact that they didn't have a good enough defense that you can come up with, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, if, if they turn the ball over three times, I don't think I would sit here and tell you, well, see, it means the offense was good enough, but the defense just wasn't. No, I would say they turn the ball over three times and you don't win playoff games doing that typically. No, but it's also like that's way less likely.
2: You know, Mahomes throwing, yeah, sure, fine. If Mahomes throws three picks in the AFC title game, I'm not going to be like, well, that defense wasn't good enough because that's not the case. But the thing is, the Chiefs, the two times they've been to the Super Bowl, they were top 10 in points per game. They weren't weren't league average. They were one of the better defenses from a points-per-game perspective. They might have been worse in the sack department or whatever, but they were more consistently near the top of the defensive rankings and not where they are now, which is decidedly average. They are... And so to me, it's, and in some of those years, they had like the number two offense or the number three offense, right? In the year they won the Super Bowl, they, you know, in a points per game perspective, it might vary a little bit or move. But in those cases, we know that the way that this is set up is you, all we've asked for is this. We've asked for the situation that they're in now. And if it fails, then I would say that can't be your plan anymore. It can't be our plan anymore. And I don't know if the Chiefs were looking at it that way or not, but that can't be the move. Going forward, if that makes sense, right? You have to put a different plan in place if a league average defense is the reason why you fall short.
4: What's the solution if that happens, though? Because can they be better than this? I mean, like if we're talking about offseason discussions that have to occur contract-wise for... Chris Jones, for example, and LeGarrius Sneed needs a new deal this offseason. You feel great about what you've seen from Carl Loftus. You feel great about Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, Trent McDuffie. So they've got young pieces, but I still go back to – I know we laugh about Michael Lombardi's appearance on this show because it was like five minutes and then he told us – He said they were never going to have the number one defense. He he said – well, he didn't didn't say the number one defense. He said – he goes, look, they're just never going to have an elite defense as long as Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. That's
2: just inaccurate, though.
4: That's happened is with other though? teams. Is it, though? I mean, is it Tom Brady's like, had the number one defenses is it all before. That inaccurate? Tom Buffalo Brady also been... took extre- even more teamer friendly deals at times throughout his career.
2: Buffalo has the number three defense in the NFL from a points per game perspective. The Dallas Cowboys have the number five defense in the league from a points-per-game perspective. The Cincinnati Bengals have the number six. the Cowboys
4: don't have a quarterback that's anywhere near Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, but I got you. But
2: Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year. I thought Lombardi's argument was that you can't have a number one defense when you're paying Mahomes. Those guys are being paid. Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, they're being paid. Lots of money, it turns out. And they have top five defenses in the NFL. To me, that argument is, like, I get it. It's easier to build a top five defense. But it depends largely on if you believe what we've seen this year out of Mahomes. It seems more likely now than ever. Mahomes got rid of a number one wide receiver in the NFL, and he's still the number one offense in the NFL. Seems like under those circumstances, it would be easier than ever to have, have... elite
4: defense. Which one? You said it'd be easier than ever to have elite defense because they got rid of Tyree kill.
2: Yes, because they've, they could hypothetically spin less on offense and spin
4: more on defense. Yeah, but they're gonna... because we're, before we're we didn't going... know that that was the case. I mean, but that's also right now. They're, Potentially, whether it's Orlando Brown or somebody, their, their left tackle is going to have to be decided. They're going to have to spend money on a left tackle one way or the other. Uh, they're going to have to make Chris Jones, if they want to keep him, the highest paid interior defensive lineman in football. These are things that still have to happen. Like, I disagree that it's easier because to me, they have a lot, they have big contracts they got to work out this offseason.
2: No, but, but, but and Rams is going
4: to get a new deal restructured either this offseason or next offseason as well. Yeah, but they don't have to pay, but everyone
2: will get paid that. And they don't have to necessarily pay some of the weapons they thought they were going to have to pay, if that makes sense. That's why I'm saying it's easier. It's still not easy. I understand the challenges that come
4: with. Building that kind of defense. They also but don't it, have to be elite defense to win the Super Bowl. And that's the other part. That's why I disagree with like they, the notion that the. But Chiefs how have good to, do they have to be? Is
2: 15th really good enough? I'm worried it's not.
4: If they're not losing the turnover battle and they're not missing extra points and muffing kicks, yeah. I, I, okay, I so if everyone I, else is perfect, so that you stinks. Don't be per- no, you don't have to be perfect. But like the, the notion, like I, I don't want to be sitting here. One, I hope they don't lose before the Bowl, sure. obviously. But on AFC title game ends, and the Chiefs lose the game. They had two turnovers, and you're just telling me the defense just isn't good enough. And I would say, you also turned the ball over two times in that game. Sure. And the quarterback played the worst half of his career. Like, the, I, I know the defense is always the easy target. Like, I don't think it'll be this overarching uh, indictment on the defense that it's definitive. Like, see, league average defense is not good enough. I would say, well, what else happened in that football game? Did they muff a kick? Did they miss an extra point? Did they, did they have three turnovers? Did they lose the turnover battle? Like it's not as simple. What I'm saying is it's not as simple as, Hey, just be league oh, average and you're winning the Super Bowl. I, but I know that, but that's kind of how we've placed
2: it is. And we understand that the defense should, if a league average defense goal should be able to cover a mistake, like what you're describing, like the comedy of errors. Yeah. The league average defense isn't going to cover that, but it should be able to cover one mistake. Mahomes should be allowed one pick. The special team should be allowed a turnover or a bad offensive series or a bad offensive quarter. Like it shouldn't just this, be on when this, them. To, when is
4: this defense? When has only been one miss? When is this defense not been able to handle one mistake? I would argue they've done very well when it hasn't been a three turnover game no, in short I, fields. I
2: would say they have, but the, the, the conversation isn't like where they've been to this point. It's now that we're in the playoffs. Is this going to be enough in order to cover it? And that's, I think where my concern is. I'm not saying that they haven't done a fine job this year when the team has limited its mistakes to what? One, two, three, four, whatever it's going to be, right? The Not the comedy of errors that we've had a couple times in games for the Chiefs. But the problem is, is can they? Is that good enough come postseason time? They haven't even played a postseason game yet this year. So it's funny to be having this conversation because sure. we don't know. But it's like the Jags defense, it is good enough to cover some mistakes. The,
4: the Chiefs defense has never really consistently been able to do that. We'll get back into some NFL coming up in, in just a little bit, coming up at 1030 or so. Nate Taylor from The Athletic can join us in studio. But last night in Manhattan, we knew it was going to be a good game going into it. Two top 15 teams. The spread was, you know, only one and a half. So you knew you My were for tipped, yeah. a, a close game. Ends up going to overtime. K-State gets the win. They knock off KU, a huge win for the Wildcats. We could talk about the game in particular if you want. I think the more interesting thing is Jerome Tang, which we'll get to in a second. The game itself actually was wildly entertained. I know people were like, ah, people are bitching and moaning about the fouls. Sure, but that's college basketball. I know people disagree with me well, on that. Well, that's
2: a huge flaw in the sport. I mean,
4: for, for sure, but no, like the notion... I don't have to just accept it. <laughs> Right, but that yes. was, yeah, I mean, that, that's fine. My point is, like, it was an entertaining game, and yeah. if you're saying it wasn't entertaining, then I would just say, well, then you don't think college basketball's entertaining, and that's fine if you don't. I think that that's probably the argument. Fair. I the sport itself has a
1: massive problem in it. I tweeted out during the game, I was like, man, this is a lot of fun, that's college s- basketball same. rules, and somebody, I had, like, ten people tweet at me and say, what are you watching? Yeah, this game sucks. I'm like, yes. okay, what are we doing here? Can I just like this thing?
2: You can so like that was, I absolutely that
1: was, agree. I like it less than other basketball because I'm like, oh,
2: this is grinding to a halt.
4: Don't disagree, but I guess it was more like It's close to Nick's going point back and forth. At next point, if you say, Hey, it was a fantastic, entertaining game. And if the response is no, the game sucked, there was all these fouls, I would say, Well, there were more fouls in that game than the average. KU just a week ago or so played in a college basketball game that did not go to overtime, by the way, right? did not go to overtime, and they had 62 free throws and 39 fouls called. So this notion that it was just some outlier of a game entirely, I think, is false. Point being, I enjoyed the game. I thought it was a hell of a basketball game last night in Manhattan. I like time. back and forth even if it's going to be foul heavy. Yeah, like it was. I, I was really entertained. But I think what's interesting continues to be Jerome Tang, who we, we played the audio heading into yesterday's game, where he talked about how he felt the, you know, the fan base and the students should be quote-unquote acting, right? Like being proud of themselves versus – uh, worrying as much about their competition, or in this case, KU, that they should be proud uh, of their team because their team is one of the better teams in the country, basically. And then after the game, I've never seen a coach do this. And by the way, I, I, I think it's just great. Uh, I, I think Jerome Tang's fantastic. and I, It's bold. It's hard not to like him, but he gets up on the scores table at the end of the game and starts a, a KSU chant after the student section went back to the FKU chant. And I just don't ever think we see a coach... Other than what, a high school coach reprimanding the students for, like, cursing at their local high he, school game? Like, that's it. You'll never see it.
2: He is legitimately right now trying to encourage an entire fan base to change who they are at their core. Which is pretty bold for a guy who's been coaching for his team for, like, 15 games. 20 games. Right? I mean, he's barely been there. And he is single-handedly trying to change the culture. By the way, he's right. Right? He's doing a good job. He already has them in a winning way so quickly. He seemingly has the right attitude towards it to the point that I can't understand how teams must have missed on Jerome Tang for a decade. If they knew that this was the version they were getting, he'd have been a head coach 10 years ago. But then, you know, I got to be honest. That is an uphill climb for him. Unless he's planning on being at Kansas state for 10 years, you could not change how a fan base is going to act in a year, two years. It's going to take a lot longer than I think this you a, can if you're is, winning.
1: I think you can and, if you're and, winning at the level and, that I mean you're. They're going to be a top ten team by yeah, this
4: time next week. Right now they're winning, so it's what what if you're even a K State fan? What are you pushing back and saying against the guy that's telling you to maybe change how you've gone about uh, cheering on opponents or cheering for your team against opponents? Listen to to what Tang said in his post game press conference.
3: Well, I was really disappointed in um, the introduction when our. Our students started chanting the the f k u chant um it's like crap i hadn't i hadn't gotten it across yet you know and uh there's work to be done and and then at the end of the game, when they were on the the floor and and they started chanting it again you know i i just i really want them to understand that um you know we don't we don't have to degrade the other team. We can dislike him all, but but let's 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 cheer for us. Let's just let America hear Kansas State and not hear the other name.
4: I, I I think he's fantastic. I know it seems weird right now that both of the the local schools that if you're a KU fan that you're rivals with uh, that Both coaches, I actually think, are are pretty fantastic. And if you listen, to their, I'm talking about Dennis Gates over at Missouri, not only as a coach, but like if you listen to his post-game press conferences, I think he's fantastic. Uh, Jerome Tang, it's hard not to like Jerome Tang. Even as a KU fan, I would have said he just beat you last night. But from how he's approached things, I think he's great. Well, I think,
1: honestly, I know it's still early. We're still in January. But, like, early front-runner for time person of the year, (laughs) Jerome Tang. Yeah, no. uh, do you regret of-
2: all your memes making he's fun of at- Kansas it, State it fans? It do you, regret? I, do you, you know, regret that? No,
1: I made fun of I made fun of the press conference. Uh, pre- the Matt Qu- Quintraro press conference too. Anytime somebody says they won Quattraro. the press conference, that's yeah. the
4: joke. Quintaro. That's the joke. It's not a Jerome Tang joke. And he, he's gonna be unless Iowa State somehow won the Big Twelve, uh Jerome Tang's easily gonna be Big Twelve Coach of the Year yeah. and he should be one of the top two candidates for, for co- sure. national coach of the year. And and what you have to
1: remember with like what he's trying to do there is you can say it's an uphill battle, and you might be right, but what he's also doing is letting the fan base know we can be better than what we have been. And it's not the whole fan base. It's not like it's all 8,000 plus. It's, it's students. all students yeah. who yeah. are chanting the FKU. Yeah. So I'm sure there are a lot of K-State fans that are like, good, we're tired of being associated <laughs> with this very sophomoric joke. And when you're winning and he's saying, hey, you, w- you guys want to be better? You guys want to be more than just a joke that everybody – gets excited for every five years when you beat Kansas, then these are the sorts of things that we need to do differently to be respected as a program. It's really tough to push back on that if you're a K-State fan who does want to be is, respected and taken seriously. But is
2: it, isn't it? it – I don't know if it's the same, but isn't it the same argument people like, don't rush the court? Like, let students have fun.
1: No, it's not. Turns out 20-year-olds are going to have fun. No, because yelling. every, every program different. in the country rushes yeah. the court when they get a big upset. There's no other country, or there's no other program that does an FKU chant that takes up probably, what, 10 minutes of and the entire I, I, game day experience? And, and
4: as I have told you, honestly, the, when they're playing KU, I don't have as big of a problem with it. I think where it is ridiculous is when, when it's going on, when they're not even playing the others. You're not even playing KU when you do it. That's where I'm like... That's truly the, hey, living, rent-free part. When you're playing that team, I actually don't have that big yeah, a I job like of, with big of a deal with it. Yeah. Then It seems like but no when, deal when to me when they're playing. When it's K-State against Iowa State on a Saturday yeah. in Manhattan, and you're chanting FKU, like, why, why are you doing it? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's just kind of like, to
1: me, I think Jerome Tang almost sees it as like, you know, K-State basketball, that's his girlfriend now, and he doesn't want his girlfriend going out and getting drunk and making a fool of herself when they go out to dinner. Right. I'm bringing you around my friends now. Maybe you need to class it up a little bit. He wants to be taken seriously as a basketball coach, and I feel like with him, he's been uh, very outward about the fact that he's a Christian, and like he doesn't want to hear that for his program. And so
4: I don't have a problem with it either. I also don't have a problem that he's like, uh-uh, we're cleaning this stuff I, like up. It. I think it's great. In general. Like his whole I think his whole what you want to call it, his his style, all of, I think it's fantastic.
2: I like in that analogy. Clearly that's what happened with him and Lindsay, oh. but the other way around. Nick was the wasted drunk girl that mm. Lindsay wanted to take around her friends and Nick needed to class uh, it up a little.
4: That's not true. You got lost at the concert. You told the story on air. Okay. That was this year. Oh that's true. Last year. Uh, well. <laughs> new Year, New Me. Try <laughs> you know. January.
1: How's it going?
2: And strong, Still, Still, yeah, till this
1: weekend. Strong, very. What do you mean, till this weekend? He's got another
4: over another uh, more, more than a week.
1: I did uh, decide I'm going to take this weekend off because I have uh, one of my best friends well, from college not, not and dried. his wife are coming in well, town.
4: Then it's not dry January.
1: Well, dry-ish. Dryer. dry ish, drier,
2: drier, drier January, Dryer January, yes. and the early part of February. He's going to make up that.
1: Time. That's right. He's I'm, good gonna for go, that time later. I'm going to the first weekend of February, so I'll, I'll steal those days back.
2: <laughs> Does that count the same? Yeah. Can Nick say he has completed dry January no. if he goes into February?
1: What if I did but... 31 days out of 34 where that where I was dry? I don't think so. <laughs> so it's I just have good. to start over from stra- scratch? I think I'll give it to you, Nick. Maybe I'll just never drink again. Maybe oh. this will be the last week and I drink. Just ever? Yeah. You know, B-Dub did hand me a loaded coffee, though, when he walked out of the studio.
2: And... So I've got coffee
1: and Irish whiskey. I oh. haven't drank it yet, though. Are you going to? I don't know. It's a little early. It is Wednesday, you know?
2: Does the day of the week change it for you?
1: Uh, yeah. The Wednesday part? Gold said he was out on a bar on Monday night. Well, Gold did a We've established that. And he has maybe a drinking problem?
4: <laughs> no, not at all. Not <laughs> a drinking problem. If I did, there would have been a bar fight Saturday. Oh, that's Remember, true. Remember, I just told you the story, so.
2: Yeah. Good point. Thank you. Glad we're all okay on this show. By the way, I think the resounding 70-30 in my favor for who they're deciding on to side with before knowing the conversation we're even going to have later in the show, I think the text line was seventy thirty in my favor.
4: No, 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 no way! What do you mean, no way? Look at count seven, them up. Was not seventy thirty. Some people just felt sorry for you on this. <laughs> that line. doesn't count. They still said my name. <laughs> <laughs> they said you guys always double team up on Cody, so I'm picking him. As well, one. that that counts. And also, sorry. don't ever say sorry. you guys are double teaming me. I don't want ever. I'm reading that the text sentence again. Teaming up on you.
2: How about that? Is that yeah, better? yeah, that's better. Someone says they got my back just because I'm the only dad on the show. I don't care where ah. I get the support. I'm just happy to have the support. That's what matters. For when we have that conversation later, I just want to make sure I have the people's support.
4: You want to argue seventy okay. thirty still? Because it looks that way. No, I have no interest in arguing seventy thirty on the text line. No, I
2: don't. Okay. No, I'm good. I've moved on. We'll have this conversation later.
4: Uh, Nate Taylor from the Athletics is going to join us in studio coming up in about eight minutes or so. Um, And he was talking about Kadarius Tony in a a recent piece that he put together and the role that he potentially could have, because we know the news yesterday, McCall Harmon, he's not playing this weekend. And it's obviously going to be up in the air, even if the Chiefs advance to an AFC title game. He does seemingly take over the McCall Harmon role because we've seen him take over the McCall Harmon role. That is going to have to be his role and he'll be a vital piece, I think, of this offense going into the postseason. Like, Kadarius Tony, I know we joked about the touchdown draft we did, and I think Pete maybe took Kadarius Toney uh, for his pick. Like, it would not surprise me if Kadarius Toney picks up a couple touchdowns over the next few weeks if the Chiefs continue to win.
2: Well, they kind of need him more now that it seems pretty obvious that, um, you know, McCormen probably is not going to play the rest of the postseason. I think you and I at this point would be kind of surprised if he got back into a postseason game. And I would be more right. surprised if it was before the Super Bowl at the earliest that that's possible. That means as much as we had, this is like the, the revised conversation around what we thought the expectations were going into the year after they traded Tyreek Kill and where we are now. With Kadarius Toney, when they made the trade, we all agreed that this was about the future. But with McCall Hardman out and we've seen Kadarius Toney work inside this offense with healthy, I think they're counting on him. I think he matters. I think he's a portion of their plan for this postseason, and we can't just push all of the Kadarius-Tony value into next year. They need him now. I think maybe they were thinking the way we were too, by the way, that this was a next-year play. Maybe McColl's gone. What if we lose Juju? Right, We're going to need some other options at wide receiver. But for this year, I think he needs – I think I would describe it as the half McColl-Hardman role. All the McColl-Hardman red zone stuff, I'm good there. That's been solved by Jarek McKinnon, to be honest, all by himself. Didn't need anyone else involved. Jerick McKinnon has uh, taken over the role of Mm -hmm. who can get touchdowns in the red zone. It's him. We're good. But the rest of it, the speed part of the Chiefs offense that gives teams other looks, I think they need Kadarius Tony for that. I think everything in their offense works better when those things are available, Gold.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think for this offense, because we've seen it now play out when they've had McColl, they haven't had McColl, they've had Tony, and then some weeks they don't have Kadarius Tony. I think if anything, they've shown they can adapt to putting guys in spots uh, and f- filling in in multiple ways. Not e- each receiver has their own kind of role, but they're also interchangeable to a certain extent. Like, I think even in the la- back half of this season, we've seen Sky Moore be able to do a little bit more than than we saw him do early on in the season. So I think Sky Moore potentially can also take on some of this. I don't think it'll just be Kadarius Tony. I think... Sky Moore got a little bit more playing time the last couple weeks. And I think you'll see him maybe on a jet sweep as well and kind of take over that role.
2: Maybe, but I've never seen like, it seems like we get like a taste of him for just like a week well, or yeah. two and then it yeah. goes away and it disappears and then it doesn't exist. I, like weirdly enough, if you said who's more likely to matter in this postseason, I think it's Tony. Like, I don't know that I've seen Sky Moore. It feels like oh, when Tony's well, yeah, that's in. Not,
4: yeah. I'm not even debating that. Yeah. Of course, Tony's yeah, going to get more opportunity I, than Sky Moore. I'm just saying, I think Sky Moore is capable of doing some of that too. Like it's a shared
2: responsibility. Maybe it is. Maybe you come down to this thing and they're going to get to these two or three guys and they're just going to give them all a little bit of what they would have asked of out of McColl Hardman. Because again, there's no way to count on him at this point in the postseason. It would be a surprise if he plays again for the Chiefs this year, in my opinion, just based on the way they're talking about the injury. The fact he's not practicing again, like even if he got back to practice next Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm supposed to assume he's going to be fine by the Sunday again. And he had a bye week before this right. one, and he yeah, couldn't you, get ready. So then I got to assume that the bye week before the Super Bowl is going to be the thing that sets him over the top.
4: Yeah, you have to proceed going forward like as if he's not he's not available for you. I mean, you, you almost have to you, know, you have to go with that. And if he suddenly is available, great, great, great surprise. And are there enough ways to
2: get him involved in the offense that matter? It's not going
4: to be in any kind of game.
2: She's just going to play in a Super Bowl and what? Get 30 snaps? I don't think so. He's going to get like eight snaps. He's just not going to be a factor for the Chiefs to rest of this year, I don't think.
4: Our NFL playoff coverage brought to you by Metro Ford. View our inventory online at kcmetroford.com. Up next, Nate Taylor from The Athletic going to join us in studio. We'll talk about his piece on Kadarius Tony and also what he expects to see this weekend.
0: Listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gann Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance. GAN Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at seven o'clock, right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
4: Back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwert with you. We'll get to Nixonville we'll notes in the 11 o'clock hour today. Also, don't forget in the 11 o'clock hour, your chance to win a playoff pack from our friends over at Rally House. Two of those to give away today, two of those to give away on Thursday, all kinds of stuff to give away on Friday's show as we'll be out at Rally House from 10 to 2. The Oak Park location and then Michael Massey and MJ Melinda is going to co-host our show for the entire one o'clock hour. Coming up on Friday afternoon, getting set for the Chiefs game against the Jags, and to talk a little bit more about that. Nate Taylor from the Athletic joining us in the studio. Normally, we get Nate Taylor a little afternoon. Nate Taylor, we get morning Nate Taylor uh, here on a uh, on a Wednesday morning. What's going on, man? How how we feeling heading into now uh, postseason football? I'm, I'm here, man. I'm,
2: I'm well, ready. maybe hello. maybe you're here. Hello,
3: hello, hi. There we go. Yeah, I'm Nate. No, hey. I'm, I'm here, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited. To, uh, to talk to you guys about some football. Look, I I drink a lot of coffee. That's where I get <laughs> most of my energy from. Uh-huh. Like a good shower in the morning and then a ton of coffee. So look the film, look the stats. Um, eager to see uh, how the Chiefs perform on Saturday just because, look, they're, they're the better team they're expected to win. But, you know, postseason games, they – they get a little little tricky at times.
2: What about last weekend would suggest that? <laughs> um, honestly, it's part of the huge reason why I still feel very good they're avoiding the divisional one. Yes. Because if anything, that taught you like Miami and Baltimore getting yeah. a crack, even with bad backup quarterback, doesn't matter, right? No matter what it is. At the very least, just not having to face that team again feels mm-hmm. like a good thing to me, Nate. That's what matters here to me.
3: Yeah, that combined with having the bye week, having a coaching staff that's been through it before, obviously a quarterback in Mahomes that has done it um, three times now. I mean, it's just it's amazing uh, that he is, of course, the oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs at the age of 27, pretty much in his prime, and the fact that, look, the team is going to be as healthy as you could ask for outside of, you know, whether or not McCall Harmon will be available. And if so, um, could he be available for limited snaps to be sort of a decoy, at least to take attention away, you know, to maybe alleviate somebody else um, sure. in a passing play. Outside of that, they're pretty healthy. I mean, everybody on defense is expected to be there. Um, the Chiefs could get Jody Fortson back. That that looks like to be probably the most positive sign out of the three guys, whether it's Jody Fortson with the elbow, uh, Clyde edwards with a high ankle sprain, and, of course, um, you know, McColl with the abdomen-pelvis issue that he's had pretty much since – The middle of the season so you're healthy you're at home you're the better team you've got the more experienced coach and the more experienced quarterback and everybody on defense is healthy i mean it's (laughs) not no other team in the conference can say that before these games start over the
2: weekend no because the bills lost more in season and Mm -hmm. cincinnati might have just lost their left tackle or at least for this game right lost their left tackle i think there was some hope maybe that he would he could still be back at some point this postseason, but mm. it's like, is that enough alone? Cause like Jacksonville's not down and out either. All the guys they were counting on this year are mostly on their roster and available and they're playing better. I mean, it's just a matter of like, is Kansas city that much better? And to me, it still feels like everything is a coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like every NFL playoff game ah. moving forward in these four just feels like a, I'm not, I'm not confident enough to tell you that I think any one of them is going to win.
3: They Kansas a, City's probably the most. They, they have the highest point spread, correct?
2: Yeah, they do. Nine and a half gold. I mean, what's the eight and a half. Uh, half, half now?
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Look, depending the, on which book, yeah, yeah. The, the, obviously, the Jags deserve respect, and for what they did last Saturday was as impressive as you can get for a rookie quarterback making his postseason debut. Honestly, um, and look, that that defense, uh, when motivated, you know, really performed at a high level against an offense that sputtered, you know, yeah. midway through the game. Um I thought the entire season came down and I've said this before, um but I thought the entire season came down to okay, if 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 you trust Mahomes this much, if you trust the infrastructure that Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnuolo have created, if you get, you know, pretty good production out of a larger than normal rookie class, then the goal is to get back to the AFC Championship game so that you have another shot to get to the Super Bowl because when you go into that AFC Championship game, you'll have the better quarterback, which means you'll always have a chance. But with a younger roster um, entering this second phase of Mahomes' sort of career, I just thought, hey, if you get back to the championship game, that is a massive achievement. And now they're one game away from doing that, and they don't have to play the Bills or the Bengals in order to do that. Um, it's, It's really a remarkable season in a lot of ways, but we also know that this team has not played you know, their best football up until the last game of the regular season when they started from start to finish. They just dominated the opponent.
2: But did it say something? They don't have to play their best football to win 14 games? I don't really care what the schedule is. I mean, I don't know how many teams play their best football across the board. True, Won true. 14 games. they only lost three
3: times. Yeah. Now, you could, you could argue that, hey, maybe the Bucks game was their best from start to finish. I, okay, that's fine. But the Jaguars are better than the Bucks. Um, that's not a sentence I was expecting
2: this year, but okay. But it's true. It's true.
3: Hey, you know, Hey, we got to win the one seed today. So it, it, it's not a playoff game, but if we win, we control how this thing is going to flow through the AFC postseason. Hey, they, from start to finish did their job. Um, I know they're so talented that they can get away with not being at their best. But now that it's the postseason and now because I think the experience that Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones all experienced in the championship game last year, you know, there there should be no issue with them bringing their best effort and then having the young guys sort of respond. I think the first quarter of this game is sneaky important just because um, you want to you want those younger guys to see this is obviously the highest level than in the regular season, but also, OK, we got it two-score lead. We are the better team. Now it's just about executing. You know, the the game script is going according to plan because our coaching staff has put us in a position to succeed. Um, but yeah, sometimes they get into a, to a situation where Mahomes has to obviously rescue them, and that should not be the case for this game. But if that does happen, again, at least you know you have the most talented quarterback to rescue you in a postseason game that you're expected to win. Nate Taylor
4: from the Athletic and Studio with us here on Cody and Gold. What What's the biggest thing the Jags have going for them in this game because I, I think there it is the fact that uh one they're they're very confident right now they came back from down 27 nothing and they do have nothing to lose I understand yes. people are like well yeah their season's over that's what they have to lose yeah but they nobody's expecting them to win a lot of people thought they were going to lose last week mm-hmm. you're going up against the one seed at Arrowhead with Patrick Mahomes a team that beat you by 10 earlier this season like that's to me their biggest advantage in this game is they're not going to be tight in the first quarter. There's a chance the Chiefs are.
3: Yeah. The biggest advantage I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars have is, hey, they played the Chiefs earlier this season, and they sneakily played well. It's just they were – the the talent was so, so far. Like, I just hey, thought Mahomes
2: was so good in that game, there was nothing they could do. Exactly. That was just one of those, like, he went nuclear
3: games. Like, well, yes. I'm
2: sorry you guys are screwed because – he went for, what, 350 and four touchdowns?
3: Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, we, we got the outside kick to start the game. We got the three turnovers. We, yeah, Hey, all we told Trevor Lawrence the whole week was, hey, man, can't can't, can't have turnovers in Arrowhead. Can't do it. No, 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 no. He didn't do that. Christian Kirk actually played pretty well, if you look back at the statistics in the He film had like 100 yards game.
2: and two touchdowns.
3: And he he won the matchups more often than not against LeJarrius Sneed, which I think will be a replicable matchup that you'll see on Saturday. All that said... Is at least now they have gone through it before. This won't be so new to them. And they have a coach who is willing to be daring. And the thought that I have is if there's any specialty play on the on the on the laminated sheet, Doug, run it. He's gonna. Like just run it. I don't I don't care what the down and distance is, I don't care what the situation is. If it's fourth and five, I don't care where we are on the field, run that play. Run, run another one. Um, as they showed against the Chargers in the second half, they are really good in short yardage situations. They're really good in two-point plays. They're really good in the red zone. Because
2: Peterson's really creative. Mm-hmm. He's very good. It's one of his better skill sets as a coach. He is, he's not boring. He's no. good at, cre- he's like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I, look, I'm sure everybody who comes out of Andy will be like, well, I saw what he did and I did it. But Doug, Doug took that skill and that was his best one leaving town. His best one coming out of Andy was, He's one of the better play designers in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, we saw it with Foles in the Super Bowl or it's crazy. ETN on fourth and one. He's got more than enough of a book now that people should talk about Peterson going into a game the same way they do Andy. Like he's gonna do something and it's gonna work because he's designing it
3: well. Flee flickers, double passes, wide receiver passes, running back passes. Like anything, coach. I I, I honestly believe that, like, okay, we're down to nothing. <laughs> cool like like hey maybe our first hey maybe they first 15 plays was better than our first 15 plays maybe they got more talent to execute those 15 plays we do all right cool now i can just run anything um because to your guys's point they don't really have a ton to lose they're gonna get so much experience because yeah yeah you're trying to play patrick mahomes at the highest level um when he's had two weeks to prepare for you like i think some people also forget that too like because you're the one he there are four options, right? That you could play, but
2: and God. because of the situations going into that game, there are really two.
3: Yeah, and and by the way, play both those teams this year.
2: So didn't Andy kind of admit that? Like he said, we prepare mm-hmm. for the ones we think are more likely.
3: More, yes. like
2: he, I don't know if that's the exact wording he used last week, but it's pretty close to that, wasn't Something it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. essentially.
3: And, and so obviously they they spread it out. They they divide up the responsibilities in the coaching staff, of at least getting you an early look. But for Mahomes, I mean, the easiest part of his bye week preparation was, oh, I've already played these two teams, and really the personnel hasn't changed, and they might throw a wrinkle here and there, and that's something I asked him in the presser yesterday. Um, But, like, he's got the most experience playing these games. Like, at some point, you just start to master even the more difficult things just because you've done it more often. So if you're Doug Peterson, how do we level the playing field? Make this game as wonky as hell – Run every trick play <laughs> imaginable. Go for it on fourth down. See if you can extend drives and maybe limit the possessions that the Chiefs have. And like, hey, if you want to start the game with another onside kick, I will salute you. Cause like, <laughs> why not? You're the underdog. You're you, the the most points are given to you to start this weekend. So like, you just have to tell the fellas, hey, we tried it. We tried it the normal way in November, and we still lost by ten guys. So. And we had everything
2: go in our favor from a turnover and onside kick. They got four extra possessions in that game.
3: So I would be doing coaching malpractice if I told you we were going to do the same thing and ask for different results. So just, like, make the game crazy. Like, I I really hope that Doug Peterson just doesn't play conventional or just doesn't try to, like, get it to the fourth quarter. No, you need to go into the fourth quarter having a lead, building momentum, and having a we-can-get-this-done sort of mindset throughout the sideline versus – yeah man, that dude's just really good over there. Or hey, Chris Jones is just destroying all our plans. Like they're going to have to they're going to have to schematically level in, the playing field. In that week 10 game, Mahomes I don't think got sacked, right?
4: I don't think no, Mahomes got sacked, but they it, it still was one of those games where they were able to get pressure on him, right? I mean, both Orlando Brown Jr and Andrew Wiley kind of struggled and I understand there was no sacks, but mm-hmm. Mahomes gets some credit for that. We discussed this earlier in the week. I feel like the offensive line for the Chiefs has gotten better as the season has gone on, but Yep. What about that pass rush, though, for for Jacksonville? Because I still think uh, if you're concerned about that defense, it, no question, it is still going to be, does Andrew Wiley and Orlando
3: Brown Jr., do they hold up in this game on Sunday or Saturday? So they had four quarterback hits now that I'm looking back at it. Trayvon Walker, he's a lot better now than he was probably sure. when they played in early November. Josh Allen is arguably their best defender. Um, I'm going to give it to him. like He's their best defender uh they have i can't say this young man's name it's it is really unfortunate um but they have a linebacker that's also pretty pretty effective a little con. yeah i don't try to say the first name uh, <laughs> you're like, like i'm not gonna pretend like I... <laughs> i'll i try to say the first name i think they just call him foy honestly i think it's like foyer, foyer. yeah, foyer yeah. yeah. so, whatever, so yeah. foyer was really good he had seven tackles he was in the mix but probably their best defender for this game is josh allen um,
2: they averaged eight yards of play in that game. Of course. Like, there's nothing to look at that defensive performance and be like, will that work? No, none of it worked.
3: So, look, if Jared McKinnon is going to be using the red zone, like you guys were talking about earlier, and if you're in the middle of the field, he becomes your best you know, pass protector uh, so that you have a six-man blocking scheme to get somebody open like MVS or Kadarius Toney. Um, I, I, I think they have to get pressure on Mahomes because i cannot stress enough between the play calling, the scheme and the positional players. There is not a bigger disparity than receivers for the Chargers and the receiving options for the Chiefs. They the Chargers could not they they schemed a few things up early to get yards after the catch. But that's where the Chiefs really, With, really blew things open against the Jaguars.
2: Yeah. And like, I think the way I look at them and I know that it's like, it always sounds like such an insult because in a way it is, I'm not meaning to just bury him, but they're diet chiefs. They got Doug Peterson died. Andy Reed. They got Bob Sutton <laughs> used to be on this thing. All the, like, it's just like every player is just a little bit worse than the one who plays for the chiefs. It doesn't matter. They're just all a little bit worse. They're not bad. They're not bad not players. Bad. That's why they're in the post season. <laughs> I didn't care. You called Trevor Lawrence died. Like. It's like they're all just a little bit worse than the guys we have on our side. The thing I like about Lawrence, and this is the thing we had, conversation we had on Monday, which was at least Lawrence looks like he can be a killer. Like, I have now firmly fallen into the camp of, I think Justin Herbert might not be that guy. He might just be like, I'm good at putting up stats, but when it comes down to crunch time, I can't do it.
3: It wasn't great. It he wasn't great in the second
2: half. He's had three years in the NFL, Nate. He's made it to one single postseason game. He's won like two big games in three years in the NFL. And it's not like his weapons are bad. Get this man. He had the NFL's touchdown leader this year on his team and two other good wide receivers.
3: One of which wasn't played on Saturday, but get this well, man. Well, that was his coach's fault. <laughs> get this man a coordinator. I mean, I know Joel Lombardi had to had to be the fall guy, because obviously, but <laughs> um, Here's here's a hilarious stat. This is I'm looking up True Media right now with a little bit of pro football focus tied into it. Um, Patrick Mahomes had eight plays on third down where he attempted seven passes against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh man, he, seven for seven. He completed five of seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, he rushed for 19 yards on on the on, oh the other the two <laughs> other. <laughs> six first downs. Um, yeah man, yeah it's.
2: Ooh, um, I don't think that game tape would be fun to watch if I were Jacksonville. I think I'd be more inclined to watch the team because their defense played a lot better right after that. Yeah. Cause around then when they were three and seven, that's in Kansas city. And we were like, Hey, they should trade us. Josh Allen. <laughs> like, we were still talking about that being a possibility, right?
3: <laughs> right. Get
2: them on the phone. We had to keep making it clear that it was the defensive end. Josh Allen, yes. not the quarterback for the bills. But yes. like that was the conversation around that time. They were nowhere close to the team. They are now, but they're still worse. Yeah. They're still worse than the chiefs are.
3: And and the question then becomes okay, well, they got four quarterback hits. Some of that was a little bit of blitzing, but they didn't blitz a ton. Um so do you do you turn that up in the second time? Because it's like, hey, when we played when we played zone, which is what they mostly do. Hey, when we play back and play zone, tried to take the top away, he 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 he, he us. Sniped us on third down. You know, which is why you play zone. You play zone to get to third down, hoping that you'll get pressure. On that particular play because you know it's a passing situation more times than not. Okay, so do we do we blitz more and just pray that like there's a little bit of mistiming or one of those guys gets home or Mahomes scrambles and tries to do too much, you know, out of the pocket? Maybe. But when you look at, hey, uh, we got two men on Kadarius Tony on a on a on a double move where in zone coverage, we looked we looked to be in place. Hey, he didn't get us. Oh, he's he's elevating over us. <laughs> Great. Hey, we're in zone coverage, and we know that every play starts with Travis Kelsey inside the red zone. Why did he just catch a touchdown between three guys? Because Mahomes is so quick with the ball and – Kelsey does just as I watched this yesterday, he does this little move. He just gives like a little shoulder to think like I'm going this way. No, nope, I'm actually going to sit right here at the goal line. Touchdown.
2: I know that uh, the Tom Brady era is completely different and he's obviously still in the NFL, but viewed differently probably by these young players. Mm-hmm. I assume everyone in the AFC views Patrick Mahomes as that version. Like, man, no matter what I do, I'm going to have to go through him. Like maybe the Bengals can say we're king of the mountain or whatever. They tried to claim the other day, yeah. but every other team in the AFC says, We have to go through them in order to do anything, right? Like the Jags know that. If they have any bigger goals outside of even this season, they know that this is going to be the team that stands in their way.
3: Yeah, and I think this will just, again, let's say this holds true to form or true to expectation. Let's say the Chiefs win, whether it's eight points, ten points, four points. Um, This will be such a great experience for Jacksonville because now you can actually go into the offseason saying, okay, we've won our division, right? Yeah. We're in a better starting place than the Colts, who don't know who they coach and quarterback is. Tennessee, they don't know who their quarterback is. And obviously Houston, they don't know who their quarterback is. So really well,
2: quarterbacks, whoever's second overall,
3: <laughs> Bryce Young. Sure. But he's gonna be a rookie with yeah. like not a ton of talent around him. So, they also don't know their coach. Yep. <laughs> so if we all know that, then it's about okay, how can we close the gap between Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Kansas City? And this will be really good representative about like how they want to stay true to their philosophies, how they want to change things, the certain talent that they want to sort of identify, um, because they're probably gonna have to get better on defense. As sadly as it is, like I think offensively, they're 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 at a pretty good place. And of course, Calvin Ridley. If he doesn't gamble, will be on their team, and we hope he'll be healthy. It's and only going to be a year. Productive. They've never really
4: said he's coming back yet. I'm assuming they're not going to do on, more than come a, on year. a Full year. I, mean, I my, think
3: it's a one year thing. You would hope, uh, but but he, you know, he'll have to go through the reinstation, you know, process basically, and hopefully he'll be reinstated. So I think they'll have to probably get better on defense. And again, to your point, and I love this discussion. If we have to go through Mahomes, what do we need to get better at? Cornerback. Linebackers and coverage, maybe, and can we get you know if we got Trayvon Walker already, can we get another guy to pair him with? If Josh Allen, I don't think he, he's not a free agent, right? I, I haven't looked at this, but they'll they'll, they'll probably that, get yeah. another. They'll probably have to get another pass rusher to, you to, know to, funny, to compete. Like,
4: I was gonna say that we were you bring up coaching though, uh, and I'm curious real quick over the next couple of minutes what your thoughts are on the coaching cycle right now because. <laughs> Uh, as we know, there's Sean Payne's just, you know, basically going to flirt with everybody, as he should, I guess. Yes. Uh, this coaching cycle. Shameful uh, Eric, behavior. the enemies <laughs> had one interview that we know of with the Colts. Mm-hmm. And then there's reports that the Titans have requested permission to speak with him and Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. Cody and I, I think we talked probably with you about this. Like, it, he shouldn't have to do it, but I do think there is some reason to be interested in becoming a play caller elsewhere, if that really is what – feedback you're getting if you're Eric B. and me that they don't believe that you're actually in charge of of the offense and that you need to prove yourself. I think it's ridiculous, but mm-hmm. should he do that?
3: No. No.
2: Just stay here forever?
3: Not forever, but no. I mean, I'm sorry, who 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 coordinates the offense or assists the head coach in coordinating the offense to be the number right. 1 hindsight? No, I look, we, you you don't have to convince us. I, I we mean, believe all okay, of what you're so saying. Now, but
2: the NFL doesn't. Yeah. He's interviewed with half the damn league.
3: Um now I think Mike Vrabel is a very good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I trust Mike Vrabel. If you're yeah. if you're gonna put Eric in a situation where he has to do that to prove something, um, they ain't got no quarterback. What
4: about what about Pittsburgh?
2: You just do the Daniel Jones. Go over there and make Kenny yeah. Pickett look a little bit better than you're the you're the Kafka of their eye, right?
4: Yeah, Matt Canada. Like, go gets over fired. there and make
2: someone look a little has bit better. He not gotten not fired, yet? fired yet. No, Tomlin no. Tom was being a little vague about it. He might yeah. keep. He might keep old <laughs> Matt Canada. Well, around.
3: he 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 explores other options. <laughs> one would assume. Uh, Mike Tomlin also Kicks high level coach. Yeah, the man has no losing seasons on his record. Um, this year might be the most impressive.
2: That final year, Roethlisberger was equally impressive. Of course. Roethlisberger couldn't throw.
3: Yes. I, I think with, okay, you know, they got Pickett, right? They got they got some weapons. You know, Najee Harris, okay. They're going to have to get that offensive line a little bit better. And obviously a, a quarterback that you could develop, which is obviously he was a part of that with Mahomes. I could kind of see that. Again, when are the Arizona Cardinals going to call this man? Like, I don't know. That's the one that I'm sort of like, especially waiting on. after and their
2: general manager said, we're not going to deal with egos here. Like mm-hmm. he was calling out Kyler Murray in his opening press conference. So go get a guy that'll
3: challenge him. Yes. Because Eric Biamini, go get a guy that will get up in that. You know what? Uh, yeah, I, I, I just wait. Look, the, whether he wants to talk to the Titans or not, that's basically Eric Biamini's
2: yeah um, Nagy too but i think Nagy
3: doesn't want to go anywhere well Nagy's the successor <laughs> yeah he's hoping the enemy gets something else and of course you i i look i know he had Justin fields as a rookie it didn't go great can you imagine how happy matt naggy feels right now i get to coach patrick mahomes again it like <sighs> if you ever listen to matt naggy
2: talk about patrick mahomes and his rookie year before he even played a snap you knew Nagy was never leaving yeah. The second he got back, he's like, I'm going to be here for a bit. Like, yeah, I know everybody I still else talking see, about, like, still, hey, would Eric Biedemey wait out Andy Reid? No, but Nagy would. Yes. Nagy sitting around she, here for six, seven years to yeah. get that job to be Patrick Mahomes head I, I agree, coach.
4: but I've, we've played out the scenario that, let's say, Andy Reid in two years needed to step away or something, and Eric Biedemey's still on staff. Clark Hunt would look terrible Hunt, if he didn't hire I Eric mean, oh, of based, based off the comments of Clark made publicly, I don't know how on earth you don't hire Eric Biedemey in
3: that scenario. I don't think Andy Reid will be... I'm just away saying from the team in two years. I'm just, I don't. I, I don't. Either. I think he's going to be away in the team I, in like six years. I don't know. Seven years. Right. 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 Um, but I'm just but, saying. Uh, but it's a it's a great they, scenario to they, talk through if they both were around. You'd have, around. To, you'd have to pick Biondi. Have to. There's no. There's no. And look. And by the way, like, I, I think can I can I say something that is like bold, but also like just I don't know the actual fact. Eric Biondi and Nagy like working together. Yeah. Like this was this was <laughs> something that was the, I. You know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself because this was obviously during the combine last year, right, leading up to the combine. And of course, I had to report that, like, hey, if 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 Eric doesn't get a head coaching job, he will sign with the team on another one year deal, and we'll just, you know, they'll just keep doing this. And guess who's coming down the pike, guys? Matt Nagy. Because again, they all like working with one another. And I think some people were like, well, you know, Nagy wants to kind of be a coordinator, and that's fine. That's usually the way this thing works when you're, you know, don't succeed as a as a first time head coach, you. Usually go back down to coordinator. But, like, this is a situation where they've all worked together before. They can all do it again. They all respect and admire one another. Um, and they have the best offense in football because you have the best coaches in football.
2: Like, sometimes
3: it it, it – It is
2: shocking again. People don't pick off their coaching staff more. It's
3: insane. Well, part of that is, too, because Andy is such a good, just good head coach. Like, hey um, – People it, like working with him. It's not all on me. You know, I'm not, he's so much above, like, I don't have to look like I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this so long. We all do it. And he's loyal. Of course. Like, it doesn't matter. We we can say
2: whatever we want about Dave Tobe for 12 straight months on this show. And he's not looking to move on Tobe.
3: Unless something like, catastrophic it, it, yeah, happens. It, well, look, but then his yeah. hand is forced because, right.
2: like, that's the Brandon Staley thing. People don't realize how long he's known Joe Lombardi. They mm-hmm. went to college together. Yep. In their early twenties.
3: Hey, dog, you are going to have to fall on this one. Yeah, I'm sure that <laughs> meeting sucked. It sucked, <laughs> but but like, hey, man, we we only scored three points in the first half, and I just I just gotta I just gotta find somebody new. Like, guess it, yeah. it happens. We all been there, but like, I just want to remind people. They have Andy Heck, above-average offensive line coach. They have Eric Bietamie, I don't know, one of the longest-tenured offensive coordinators. The Chiefs Third team, longest, yeah. They have never been bad at offense when he's been involved. Um, that's going back to when he was a running backs coach with, you know, Jamal Charles and Kareem Hunt. Like, hey, they have Eric Lewis. Hey, he coached receivers. Back when they had Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson. And, like, hey, they all seem to function well, like, Obviously, Matt Nagy's involved. They've had Doug Peterson before. Like, The reason the offense is so good is because they put the players in position to play well, to, to give them an advantage that doesn't force the players to play at their top performance all the time, where it's absolutely necessary that, like, hey, we just got better at Joe's, you know? Like, yeah. they have the X's and O's, too, guys. Like, sometimes it just it blows my mind where I'm like... Y'all are really out here bickering about Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy when they are scheming the hell out of Josh McDaniels and whoever the hell has us on his staff. And Andy doesn't have to be involved all the time. Other than hey, these are the down and distances, these are the specialty plays, these are things that I want to get on tape this week so that it will serve us, you know, down the road. Or I want to do this this game so that if a similar defense, well at least I know what to do Two. with my players or what not to do with my players. So that when we get to the bigger, more important games and they play a similar style of defense, guess what? Matt Nagy and Eric bien got the plays. I got to figure out how to get the guys in better position for the down and distance situation and sort of anticipating what the other team's coaches is, is supposed to do based on the situation you give me. It's, it's a higher level than I think fans want to admit, but, yeah. like, coaching's hard, and they do a good job, and someone should hire Eric bien and that someone should be the Arizona Cardinals. But, you know, if Jim Irsay is, is, uh, is willing to be a little bit bold uh, you know, Airbnb is the most qualified candidate he has interviewed so far. Nate
4: Taylor from The Athletic. Always appreciate you coming in studio, man. We'll be listening, of course, to the Nate Taylor show next week and also check out Nate's work for The Athletic. Up next, there was one stat that blew us away and something the Chiefs will have to deal with on Saturday. We'll tell you what it is next
0: is Cody and Gold brought to you by GAN Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt concrete and parking lot maintenance GAN Asphalt and Concrete one contractor all things parking lot trusted in Kansas City since 1994 online at gannasphalt.com don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider Vinny Pasquantino this football season with Cody and Gold
3: my Twitter is about to unload (laughs) football (laughs) tweets
0: first Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio. Hey, it's Josh Klingler. The playoffs are underway, and don't be left empty-handed when you go or host that game day watch party. Go see my friends at Hy-Vee, the one-stop shop for your party needs, the official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Huge selection of Chiefs apparel, Chiefs plates and napkins and party supplies, Chiefs-themed cookies, cakes, and cupcakes. Hy-Vee can prepare your plate of wings. Stop by the seafood section for that party tray of shrimp. Get to the wine and spirits department to stock up for game day as well. Elevate your home gate at Hy-Vee. Score big savings with Hy-Vee and the Kansas City Chiefs. Big points mean even bigger savings. Just shop Hy-Vee the day after a game and earn a fuel saver discount equal to the Chiefs' score and based on the amount you spend. If the Chiefs score 42 points, you save 42 cents a gallon with any $42 purchase. The more we score, the more you save. Win or lose, everyone scores the day after a Chiefs game. Only at Ivy. Must use lookup code nine two nine one zero. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. You spent all here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. <laughs>